0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This week on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, the most exclusive interview of 2022 thus far: Brian Kendrick, a man who said some absolutely awful things and has lost everything because of it what does brian have to say for himself well one word plenty turn the volume up turn off all of your notifications on your phone folks you're going to want to hear this from the beginning to the end without interruption incredible conversation and starts right now
1: hello my name is brian kendrick uh dukes give me a, a opportunity to apologize Few months ago, uh, article came out uh, highlighting some videos. One from nine years ago, one from eleven years ago, with me saying some pretty horrific stuff. Back then, I was trying to create some sort of buzz, and I didn't care who I offended. You know, <sighs> when it gets thrown back in your face, you know, one, it's 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 embarrassing, but two you know, you start to reflect when you're forced to reflect uh, on it. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for being so uh, cold hearted and trying to profit off of tragedy, I suppose is what it was, I was trying to uh, uh, gain off of others tragedies, by making conspiracy to create a buzz for myself to, to try to gain some sort of bookings. It was a terrible idea. And even if it if it hadn't affected anybody, it's still just horribly embarrassing. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know I'm 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 sorry for uh, you know anybody who to, to people i have hurt um, for making light of stuff that either happened to them or their uh, their family. I hope you accept that apology.
0: Apologies are an interesting thing. I mean, we all have to give apologies in our life. There's no two ways about that. We all make mistakes. But there are different types of apologies. You have the apology that you give when you got caught doing something you shouldn't have done. And you're just trying to take the heat off. You're just trying to get the negative backlash to stop. And then you have the apology that is genuine. You understand what you did wrong. You are trying to atone for what you did wrong, and you truly are sorry. So my question to you, Brian Kendrick, you're saying sorry right now, and it sounds good, but have you done anything that goes beyond words to demonstrate you apologize for the awful things that you said?
1: A friend of mine recommended uh, Survivor Mitzvah. I recommend that, too. Uh, It's a seems to be a a pretty honest charity where the money goes directly to and just my actions as far as as, as hoping to be kinder if if it's a question of like un- understanding the uh, tragedies of the past, um, the truth is, Duke, I, I understood all that uh, long ago prior to these statements. You know, years ago, as part of the WWE, Beth Phoenix and I went to Dachau. You know, as a teenager, I went to the Holocaust Museum with my grandfather. I've been to one in Jerusalem and uh, in Amsterdam. I I, I I know these things. It hasn't dawned on me that these these tragedies might have actually had happened. This is stuff I, I knew. What I was doing was trying to uh, profit off of that. Like I said, uh, trying to become a, a villain uh, who would make light of such tragedy. And, and that's it. It's a disgusting thing to do, um, and, and I did it.
0: You said some awful things, Brian, and it went viral this year. What is the aftermath of that? What have you lost as a result of saying what you said?
1: Um, I did lose my job. I I I'd, uh, fought hard for a few months to get my release from the WWE in hopes to go wrestle. That's what I wanted to do. And I was open about that. I wanted to, I wanted to wrestle and uh, I managed to get my release. And then um, I, I managed to get an opportunity with a W and uh, I had a contract and, you know, they decided that, you know, at this time is not the right time to keep me employed. And so, you know, things, things need to get figured out. And but yeah, uh, I understand, you know, That's just the way it is. Luckily, I haven't lost many friends. Um, I've had a lot of friends reach out and, and I'll, I'll, I'll admit this like some, some friends reaching out really made me cry, uh, really, really touched me, but that, that's it. You know, this, and and look, I, I understand the, the humor and all of it, too. Right. Like, cry me a river. This guy loses his job. The guy who goofed on the Holocaust. I, I, I understand the cosmic humor and all of it, too. So uh, it's just you know, jokes on me.
0: You know, Brian, there are some people listening right now who are absolutely not going to forgive you for what you said. And then there are people listening who hear you apologizing and and hear what you said you've done since and they will forgive you i gotta tell you man on a personal level and in my audience they have asked me to give my opinion something that i don't always do especially in the moment but they've asked me to give my opinion so i will i was very offended by what you said and i was very disappointed in in what you said it just it wasn't acceptable and it was such a a Jesus, a bonehead thing to do. Like, I don't even understand it. Um, I understand that people want to get heat and they want to generate controversy. And, you know, the old phrase controversy creates cash. But this was just this is different, man. I don't I don't know what the heck was going on there. Um, and this was on purpose, right? This isn't you didn't get caught saying something um, when you thought you were in private and which wouldn't doesn't make it any more acceptable. But this was this was very deliberate, right?
1: It was, it was a publicly sold, um, yeah, that's, I, I, I do want to be, uh, uh, clear about this. It wasn't a, these weren't videos that were under like a hot mic thing, uh, as we talked about before, I knew what I was saying and, and, and what I was trying to do was, was trying to offend. And the truth is, you know. At a certain point, you got to start taking life seriously and and pissing people off and offending them are two different things. It's one thing to piss them off. It's another thing to, you know, to to offend them. I I don't I I don't want to offend anybody, you know, but but 10 years ago, I didn't I didn't give a shit.
0: You know, one of the bright spots about making a mistake is hopefully people are paying attention so that they don't make the same mistake. So do you have any advice for everyone listening out there?
1: To, to me, this has been a, a big lesson in uh hubris and humility. I think anybody who goes through this same experience, you know, uh saying some horrible things, having it uh come back at the right time to to affect you, I think they'll they'll figure out the same thing that the little bits of kindness that you receive um become so special and then you really start to lose any uh, judgment towards other people, the the negative. Um, so, meaning, if 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 somebody were to say something, you you know not to take them seriously. If they their their actions, you can look at them and realize, hey, look, you know, what, once you've made these kind of mistakes and, and are you know, you're forced to dwell on them, you know, you, you kind of forgive people preemptively. So, I guess any advice I would give is try to do that without having to go through this.
0: It's a heck of a lesson learned for sure. And again, like you just said, if people can learn that lesson without making the same mistake, that would be wonderful because we don't need that type of attention. We don't need that type of heat in life for sure. And to say things just to get a rise out of people, there's got to be a, there's got to be a line that you just understand you can't cross. And the reason why Number one, because it's not right and it's not acceptable, and it's a really crummy thing to do. And number two, because you will absolutely lose everything for carrying on in, in a manner that is just not acceptable. So, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that you've come on the show to apologize, Brian, because that's that's an important step to take there, and not a lot of people would do this. Brian, I've I followed your whole career, man. You know, and and I've known of you dating all the way back to the beginning. When you were first starting off and you were training at the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy, and then eventually you made it onto that uh, very first Ring of Honor card, you know, the era of honor begins. I was a kid who had the internet and it was still fairly new in people's homes. I was a kid who. Had found the different uh, chat rooms and things like that. And I was a tape trader. So finally, he was able to connect with people all over the world and talk about this thing that we have a mutual love for pro wrestling. And what was on TV wasn't enough. Eventually, I was able to find RF video. You know, they were recording a lot of the ECW coverage and then they started doing a bunch of other independent promotions and they had, you know, shoot interviews and things like that, best of interviews with various different uh, big names in wrestling, stuff from Japan and all over the place. Just a really, really interesting place in a central location that I could go to to get my fix and to get exposed to wrestling from all over the place, not just all over the country, but all over the world. And we started developing chat rooms associated with independent wrestling and, and talking about our favorite wrestlers and then ordering tapes, VHS tapes, and then ordering DVDs eventually that featured our favorite wrestlers and featured these new, this upcoming crop of new wrestlers on the independent wrestling scene. Well, kudos to the folks at RF Video because they, they started doing a, a newsletter where you could order uh, the, the tapes and the, VH, and the uh, DVDs and what have you. And they were paying attention to the stuff that was being ordered and who was on those, those cards, who was on those tapes, who was on those DVDs. And even in the different chat rooms and stuff, the information was getting back to our video. So they started compiling a list of if we could put on a super card of the best independent wrestlers in the world who would you like to see on that card? And they started fine tuning that list. And eventually that is how they came up with the error of honor begins. We didn't know that that was going to turn into an entire promotion. Initially it was only supposed to be one show and that's how it was marketed. This is a one, once in a lifetime situation, this big independent wrestling event. So, You know, once we got word that it was going to happen, I grabbed my cousin Pete and paid my for the tickets and all that good stuff there and linked up with some guys and they rented a van. Mind you, we're all complete strangers, right? They rented a van and New Hampshire, Maine. I think there was somebody from Vermont here in Massachusetts. We all piled into that van and went down to Philadelphia to watch this supercard, this independent wrestling once-in-a-lifetime event. And man, let me tell you something, man. It was incredible to be in one place surrounded by people who were just like me from all walks of life, from all over the the, the planet, really, um, who had a love for independent pro wrestling and pro wrestling in general. You know, and people who were on that card—it was a who's who. You had the amazing Red. You had low-key Christopher Daniels, the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. You had Michael Shane. You had the Black Nature Boy, Scoot Andrews, Xavier. You had the Briscoe brothers, and they were just young kids. You had, jeez, um, the Hit Squad. Brian XL, Christopher Street Connection. I mean, goodness gracious. Think about some of these names that were on that card. Of course, the veterans like Super Crazy and, and Eddie Guerrero, you know, to round that off a little bit, but you had all of that going on and we were just, just in heaven. Like this was the most amazing wrestling event ever, right? And it was wrestling that we helped put together. It was the stuff that we wanted to see. So we're sitting there and, you know, there was an intermission. And then after that, um, everyone's all, you know, on cloud nine and this is great. And then this music hits and the song starts playing and it's a very popular song. Everybody knew the song. But what the hell is this song doing being played at our wrestling event? The song was Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera. Okay. So we're like, all right, somebody must have made a mistake. Why is this song playing? And then out comes this this person, this skinny, blonde haired, baby faced punk in MC hammer pants, bopping around, blowing kisses, looking like the biggest jerk on the planet. Out comes some guy named Spanky. And instantly, the entire crowd was like, well, who the hell does this guy think he is? And we all started booing. And everybody wanted to see this guy get the living daylights beat out of him. Because what the hell are you doing on our supercard here? Right? So, everyone hated Spanky. Until the bell rang and it wasn't even 15 seconds in. It was almost like a light switch had had flicked. Suddenly, everybody in that entire place was cheering on Spanky because the stuff that Spanky did in that ring was incredible. And at that point, we got it. This guy is obnoxious. This guy is ridiculous. This guy is over the top because he's that damn good. It was incredible and 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 that element added so much to the entire night. It was just completely ridiculous, completely amazing. To this day it's still uh, you know one of my top three live pro wrestling events I've ever had the pleasure of being part of and I still you know I, I feel a personal connection to it because I helped put that card together as a fan. You know, information, in my opinion, and, and and things that I focused on helped create that. And you, you were there, man. Spanky is you, Brian Kendrick. I don't know if anyone ever really told you that story from this perspective before, um, but you know now. I mean, what are your thoughts about that?
1: So I didn't know no better. I was certain that I was the best wrestler in that room. Uh, and I was certain of that every time I walked into a room uh, and again as we discussed I, I was wrong I was dead wrong but I was so, I was so certain and so you know genie in a bottle why would I use genie in a bottle because the opening is brilliant that it goes into the smooth smoothness of the song it's perfect and then what about these pants? Well they're colorful and they're 90 cents at the goodwill um and that was it and so what am i gonna do i'm gonna go out there and dance because that's what wrestlers do and why am i gonna go with the name spanky because it makes me laugh and it's easy to chant it all it was was just it's just too dumb to to know how bad it was and uh but i really boy i, I had a uh a lot of undeserved confidence and i think that's what got me through a lot of it
0: it seemed like everybody on that card left it all in the ring that night. Um, no one took their foot off the gas, so to speak. Everyone gave it their all. And I, I wonder about that. Did you guys know at the time during that very first Ring of Honor show, the Era of Honor Begins, did you know that there were going to be more shows after that? Did you know that they were trying to turn that into an actual promotion?
1: Um. Yeah, I didn't know what it was going to be, but the... <sighs> That group of guys, um, just at that that time, I think we did that, you know, the second show and the third show and the fourth show. I think we were the first group of guys that were able to learn from VHS. So with the tape trading, um, you know, when Danielson and I met up in, in Texas, he had, you know, his all Japan tape collection. I had tapes from New Japan. We would we would watch these videos together. I would learn this all Japan style. He'd already seen the New Japan, but we'd watch that stuff together. And you could pause and rewind and and try stuff. And and now wrestling schools were actual. There was actually wrestling schools instead of having to you know know somebody and 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 work your way. However the legends go, um, we had places where we could pay to train to learn. And the access to VHS. And now the kids, the kids now are 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 better in the sense that they've got YouTube. They can they can watch anything, uh, and and everybody's got a camera now. So I think it's going to keep evolving into and uh, and I think it's a good thing. Uh, kids are going to be able to get more and more creative. I shouldn't call them kids. It's just me being old. But I think that group, you know, 20 years ago, we took pride in being able to take a hit liked being tough or pretending we are tough and tried to <laughs> try to be the coolest wrestlers we could be.
0: You know, I said his name before and he's definitely a friend of the show. Loki. Here's a guy who is so serious and is such a beast in the ring. I mean, you can't judge a book by its initial cover. You can look at him and say, oh, okay, this guy, you know, maybe I can take him. Average size guy would have, you no. <laughs> I think Loki was put on this planet to be the slayer of giants, so to speak. But you earned his respect. And it's really interesting because you're two totally different people. And your styles in the ring are so different. Yet, Loki definitely has put you over. I think he even put you over here on the show. Uh, Talk to me about that. Talk to me about earning the respect of such a serious and badass dude like Loki. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, we, so it is as uh obnoxious flamboyant all all the stuff that I, I was and am or whatever um you know i i did work hard and i i could take a hit and i think that the commonality between he and i danielson christopher daniels kazarian samoa joe amazing red xl all, all, all these guys uh, uh is that um like we're we're gonna work as hard as we can. We're gonna work harder than you, and you don't belong here. And there was a weird chip on your shoulder. Nobody's gonna convince Loki that he's not the best damn wrestler in the world. and and, and there's a strong argument that he is. he's damn he's good. Um, you know, but anyways, i'm 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 gushing about my friend, but he's he's fantastic.
0: Well, that's high praise. high praise indeed. and you know, shout out to Loki once again. It's. Fun to hear with both of you guys put each other over the way that you have because you have an a interesting history with each other. And it's pretty cool to know that two people who are so different um, can still be so complimentary in the ring and, and recognize that and not be afraid to give each other props. That's good stuff there. You know, I wonder about something, Brian, when you think back to when you were training, at the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. You were a young guy then, and you know Shawn Michaels, Rudy Boy Gonzalez, whomever else was helping out with training you and, and the rest of the guys, Danielson, what have you. Who you are today in 2022 at your age and your level of experience in pro wrestling is essentially who Rudy Boy Gonzalez and Shawn Michaels were Back when you were under their learning tree uh, training to become a pro wrestler, has that ever dawned on you before? Like you have become that older grizzled veteran who is now passing down the knowledge to this this uh, younger generation now. But you're essentially today who they were back then.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been I've been wrestling longer than I've not been wrestling. That's a uh, yeah. Yeah. Old.
0: You know, back when you were training, you were doing all that flippy dippy peanut butter skippy. <laughs> and, you know, HBK and Rudy, all those guys there were telling you to slow down. Right. Do you find yourself, you know, 20 plus years later? You're a trainer of people now. Do you find yourself telling this generation of uh, wrestlers to slow down in a similar way that your coaches, your trainers were telling you to slow down?
1: For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, There's a reason that that the, you know, the young people, uh, you know, call them old timers and the old timers keep saying the same things. And and. Both are right, you know the uh, the wisdom of the past. A lot of it, it, it it's it's just this. I think, uh, uh you know, the, these pillars that don't change. At the same time, what's being presented, like things do change. Meaning, um the the person who who loves Bride of Frankenstein as as this great horror movie might not appreciate Saw Two. But they're both horror movies and, and, you know, who am I to say, you know, but there's still going to be these these tricks that will get an audience to feel a certain way and stuff like that. And why these old timers and I, the old timers say, now, slow down. It's just because people won't be able to anticipate if you're constantly doing.
0: You know, it's funny. uh, You were in a tag team in the WWE, very popular tag team, by the way, with Paul London. And I know you guys were fixtures on SmackDown and people certainly were telling you guys to slow down. And, you know, Paul's an interesting guy. Shout out to Paul. He was trained by Rudy Boy Gonzalez. So down there at the Texas Wrestling Academy. So he has a similar training to you. You know, same guys who were training you, training him. So similar foundation. Um and it was cool that you guys were paired up with each other. Talk to me about that time period. What was that like? Just that whole situation where you got to team up with Paul London?
1: Yeah, what was it like teaming with, with Paul? It was great. Uh, as a person, he's hilarious. Um, you know, he's got me into all sorts of really fun and funny things uh, just in the real world, like terrible movies, Troll 2, The Room. As far as a, a, a partner, I mean, he's. They, they started the Please Don't Die chance for him at Ring of Honor years ago. So to have a guy like that as your tag partner is great. Um, he's, got, he's got a set of nuts that I don't have. And so while he's out there doing death-defying stuff, and I do uh, what I call fake high-flying, which is just landing on your feet from stuff, um, I get the rub of being in some super exciting tag team because Paul could do shooting stars and really was uh, just fearless.
0: Is it true that the London and Kendrick tag team was split up because you guys were um, messing around with the marijuana too much and getting too many fines and what have you? Because that's always been the the rumors, and so to speak. And again, I'm going directly to the source on this, Right. So so once and for all let's get this straight. What was the story here? Why were you split up and did marijuana play any part in that?
1: I don't know if weed played any part in us as a tag team with the weed stuff, you know, the me getting fired from WWE years ago. Um, you know, they never told me that it had anything to do with weed directly. Uh when asked about it, uh told no, it was that I wasn't getting the job done. Um, but I do know that I had a lot of weed fines at the time, like 14, um, and it was a thousand dollar fine, but I was, uh, you know, I was happily paying it, you know, I was a, a brash punk. And, uh, so it's a thousand bucks. Here's a thousand bucks with Paul and I separating as a team that was done via the draft, why they chose to do it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think it's just because everything kind of has its, its expiration date, you know, um, how long can you keep this, the, this, uh, you know, young baby face tag team, uh, around. Well, they're not so young anymore. And it's a, it's a, it's a television show where they got to keep changing stuff. And it's unfortunate because, um, yeah, you know, I did my most traveling on the road. You know, it's when Paul and I were were a tag team. I was, you know, we were on the road for over, you know, the, every every show, and so it was, it was really nice. It was a nice, it was a nice period.
0: Once again, shout out to Paul London. I really enjoyed that tag team, man. That was a, a modern rockers, a modern uh, rock and roll express, so to speak. At that time, it was it was pretty cool. It's a pretty cool combination. And again, that history of coming from the same learning tree. That was a nice uh, tidbit there added in. You know, with the whole marijuana thing, you you hear today that WWE, they're not as strict about wrestlers using weed. Obviously, throughout the nation, most states, uh, it's legalized and still working on it. It's been decriminalized federally, but we're still working on making it officially legal all over. Um, did did we get it wrong with the way marijuana was regulated specifically in wrestling? So I'm talking about the wrestling companies and even the attitudes of everybody towards marijuana, as opposed to the prescription painkillers or, you know, the excessive drinking, because let's face it, wrestlers are constantly in pain. There's no question about that. Right. And there's gotta be some type of relief from that. So you can sleep so you can function. Um, Looking at, what we know about marijuana today, the fact that it's not habit forming and doesn't come with the residuals that some of these other things come with. I mean, do we get it wrong back then in terms of the way weed was demonized so much and even the stiff penalties that guys like yourself had to pay back then?
1: If we're talking a company, I don't know how many stances companies take. You know. To to be uh, out in the forefront of of saying we don't care if federally it's a crime, we are going to say that it is not a drug because of its benefits. And, and, and despite these other prescription drugs being being legal, uh, we find them to be killing our wrestlers uh, because they they can't control themselves, whether it's the drugs, whether it's the personality Uh, we find, we find weed to be a a better alternative, even though federally it's a crime, that's a pretty brave stance for a company to take. Um, And if you're publicly traded, you know, do you want to be the one to take the stance or do you allow somebody else to, 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 you know, so it's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things to consider, me personally, if somebody's going to be addicted or have a crutch or or use something to fight pain, whatever it is, I would assume that they'd be better off with weed other than, than booze and pills just because I've seen what have happened to people who, who've abused pills. And I've abused alcohol and turned into a monster. So all that to say, yeah, I, I, I think we got it wrong.
0: Because you look like such a young guy, even still. Um, I don't think people realize that you've been around for as long as you've been around and really during some transition periods where you've wrestled the who's who and you've been in the same company with the who's who and you've been on tours with the who's who in professional wrestling, not only of your generation, but obviously the veterans that were there before you. So really of the past 30, 40 years, you've been around who's who, like legitimately, and you've hung in there. You've been, you know, on the card legitimately. You've earned your spot. Ring of Honor, WWE, Impact Wrestling, you know, obviously your Japan tour is like zero one. one If you could pick out one time period that was your favorite, like w- when was Brian Kendrick at his very best? What, what time period, what company uh, would you say – would fit that category for you.
1: Oh boy, um, I think I would put together a way uh, a way better match now, but I wouldn't have the uh, the hutzpah to go out there and just uh, go balls to the wall. I would think more sensibly, and and that second guessing uh, is something I didn't have before. So I don't know. I I would say as far as in ring and just the. The laughs, those times at zero one were great, but they've all, there's, there's high points to all of them. I I, I wouldn't want to disparage any of these good times by, by ranking them. But boy, that the, when I first started dating my now wife out in Japan, and was with those groups, uh, with the group of guys, uh, Carino and CW and, and Sanjay and Sanjay, and, uh, Cage Sakoda and it, it was, just, it was a lot of fun, you know, having, having all those guys, Sylvester K and Tom Howard. And I, I really liked those days.
0: You know, I totally forgot that uh, you and your wife met through wrestling. Tell us more about that.
1: Well, so we, we, we met in Alaska and, uh, she was not impressed and I was not impressed. And then, uh, she went out to Arzion and, uh, her boss and cheerleader, Melissa, who was out there as well. Uh, they, the three of them came to a zero one show and Samoa Joe and I met the three of them for dinner. And I, I, you know, I wasn't drinking at the time because I'm a pro wrestler and, uh, and then she started making fun of me, my now wife. And so I'll show you. And I got really drunk. And then, uh, yeah, now we're married.
0: <laughs> Talk about a challenge! Huh? So, so that's that is such a spanky story, you know. I'll show you. And in the end, she certainly did show you. And oh, by the way, uh, I I need to literally spend the rest of my life with this woman. Just incredible, incredible stuff there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> all right so level with me here who's the better performer in the family is it is it you or is it your wife
1: I, she's more of a ham uh so i i run a i run a wrestling show here in la called wrestling pro wrestling and so i've had my wife you know she's performed as both mean janine ogreland um with a bald cap and a mustache or uh, Roxanne with a uh, you know, the fat suit, and she's a kind of a biker babe. When she gets dressed up as Roxanne, boy, oh boy, yeah, yeah, the balls on her, you know.
0: <laughs> you know, at least you're able to admit it. You know, that's the first step, right there. You're able to admit your wife is the is the real ham of the family there, and you're you're the uh, the tag team partner, you're the guest star, but she's the she's the whole effing show, so to speak. I love it. I love it. You know. Brian, you have um, trained a lot of people and I think people would be very surprised to know who you have had a hand in training, you know, especially who you had a hand in, in finishing. You know, people come to you to get some extra training to really nail down whatever foundation of training that they got elsewhere. They come to you for finishing. Who are some of the people? Who are some of the bigger names that anyone listening would recognize and, and probably be surprised to hear about?
1: So uh Sony Deville came down. You know that was a lot of stakes to to uh, you know my relationship with with uh, Mr. Regal, and then uh, former relationship with Canyon Seaman. From there, they had such a good relationship, and Regal trusted me, and then Canyon trusted me with Eva Marie and Sonia and Neymada who wound up leaving. But he was boy, he was a beast. Uh, really liked the guy, and then Robert Strong. I had sent, uh, I sent Ronda Rousey, uh, my way. So, you know, my buddy Brandon and I, uh, helped get her started, you know, and she's went on to do other stuff since. And, uh, you know, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, those are, those are for the, uh, for the women. I was lucky enough to, to spend some time with bad bunny, um, you know, true Gulak and, and Adam Pierce, um, had already done a fantastic job that uh, came in and, taught him some goofy stuff uh I love it I do love the training and, and those are just the ones that have you know the on on tv um and then uh, Saxon Huxley who's over at the WWE uh, UK sweetheart of a guy but he was also trained under Lance Storm first I, I want to shy away from like taking any credit it's uh, I've been lucky enough to to help with these kids. And then of course the kids who just come to my school who come and wrestle wrestle pro wrestling are those who, who tried it and, and decided wrestling wasn't for them. Um, it's still been a nice experience.
0: You know, the beauty of training people is that you are passing down the knowledge that was, you know, passed down to you and also what you've learned through experience. And it's fun to help someone develop into the best version of themselves or the best version of the character that they're playing at this time. It's, it's really interesting to to see people start to put it together and get it, especially in pro wrestling, which is really, really cool. And you got the gift, man. But I mean, you come from that tree of great trainers. So it, it only makes sense. Uh, you see it with Danielson as well. Brian Danielson has that gift because he got the right type of foundation and linked up with the right people since then to continue to develop and what have you. It's cool that you mentioned uh, Regal. It's another guy that, you know, solid, solid always takes time to help people, help them develop, help them learn. And that's really, really cool. Um, Brian, you're a guy that is in in regular life I'm not talking about the performer I'm talking about the man Brian Kendrick in regular life you're a pretty shy guy like painfully shy and painfully humble you know it's it's really interesting to speak to you on a personal level knowing that when the camera is on and knowing that the the wrestler Spanky or the Brian Kendrick is this this larger than life obnoxious character you know, it's it's definitely a totally different situation comparing the two. There, how are you able to help other people, your students, anyone that you're you're coaching, you're training? How are you able to help them tap into those aspects of themselves as well? Especially if they're similar to you, where in everyday life they're a pretty shy person and they're they're not this big personality like what you see on TV eventually.
1: For me, I just find a a justification, you know what I mean? What is the, what's the logic behind this, this thing, you know? So with the character, I can, you know, justify why I walk this way, you know, and, and what it boils down to, but really it boils down to the reality of my situation and my, my childhood and stuff like that, you know? So what I'm hoping to get to teach is that, There's this, you know, there's the the darkness inside us, this feeling that we want to bring to light. And and so how can we get this feeling? How can we express this feeling um, to get people to share in this feeling? And and you're doing that by your mannerisms, um, your actions, your facial expressions. You know, how do you get people to feel a certain way? you know Duke I think it's I said this to students before when down at the uh, performance center um i like it's there's so many great coaches down there, but the coaches we couldn't we can't even agree if it's a art or a sport um it's such a uh loose thing this pro wrestling you know so uh yeah it's to to me it's just i, I I hope to teach them how to express themselves.
0: I mean, that's sound philosophy. And it doesn't surprise me that people are so comfortable training with you. And it doesn't surprise me that companies before the controversy wanted to have you as a trainer, not just a wrestler, but as someone, a coach, whatever you want to call it, someone who could help develop the next generation of stars in pro wrestling. My question to you is, if you were able to, to take a step outside of yourself, say you're a third party, you're some, you're somebody totally different, and you're looking at this this person, Brian Kendrick, and the mess that Brian Kendrick has gotten himself in, saying some just terrible things, got himself in a lot of trouble. Brian Kendrick is currently in a situation now where they're not under contract with any wrestling company. Despite the fact that you know Brian Kendrick's a world- class entertainer and a world-class trainer of people, so there's there's a controversy there and the backlash from the controversy that makes Brian Kendrick a, a very hot stove to touch. If you were somebody else looking at this person, would you do business with Brian Kendrick in 2022?
1: Well, I, what I would say is this I, I, I understand why somebody wouldn't uh be the first i I think that's that's going to be an issue who's going to be the first one to do it who's going to be the one to 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 risk a backlash or anything like that me personally uh yeah i'd I'd be more inclined to i've you know we've had incidents in the past uh with with people on my roster and i would say you know it's yeah, I would have no problem with with using this guy. Um, but that's me. And uh, people have to decide what's best for them.
0: Brian, for companies, you know, promoters, for students, you know, people who need to be coached, for anyone who feels, you know, something, I'm going to give this guy a shot. I, I accept his apology or I feel that I can still do business with him despite uh, the controversy and what have you. What are they going to get out of Brian Kendrick, especially Brian Kendrick today?
1: As a coach, hopefully they'll get somebody that looks at wrestling a little bit differently and it will help them figure themselves out in their place in wrestling instead of uh, um, making them more part of a uniform. Then they have to figure it out from there. Um, Meaning I, I, I guess I would hope to teach people that, that there is a place for them in wrestling. They just got to make it work. Uh, that's, that's what I would hope to teach them.
0: And Brian Kendrick, the performer, what are people going to get out of that guy?
1: Oh boy. Well, I, I I would hope a good match, you know, I would hope a good match. Um, you know, I would hope it would be the uh, somebody who's going to go in there and uh exceed any expectations um and be very pleasant to be around and 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 you know as a promoter hopefully some of your guys that you use on the regular uh might learn something from me that's that's what i would hope as a promoter if i if if booking an older wrestler i I would hope that my my students would take advantage pester the guy a little bit
0: does brian kendrick deserve another shot
1: that's that's fair that's for the individual to decide. Um I I would say that I don't wanna be uh in place of judgment. Me, I, I don't I don't wanna be the one who decides who has a, a a shot or not. It's it's not for me to decide because I recognize I have my own flaws.
0: You know, Brian, I didn't know what to expect out of this experience. Um I knew that it's Duke loves wrestling and this show has a reputation for providing an open mic to everybody in wrestling. That's a newsmaker. If, if you have something that is worth everyone hearing, you know, at least in my opinion, then absolutely, I'm going to have you on the show. And I would give people an opportunity in their own words to express themselves and sink or swim in that. You know, it's not for me to sit here and, and have my opinion overtake how a person represents themselves, because my opinion is my opinion. And I respect my audience enough to remind everybody, listen, you guys got to make up your own mind on how you feel about this one or that one or what have you here. And and it doesn't matter if I think somebody deserves an opportunity or I feel someone should never have an opportunity. That's, that's my opinion. But the audience has to use their own critical thinking skills and Ultimately, decide on their own there. I will say this, though, Brian. And again, you know, we talked about it earlier. Um, definitely not happy with what you did. There's no question about that. And I'm going to reiterate that fact because it needs to be. And, you know, the, the space that you occupy right now, I think you, you've earned it. And you need to feel how uncomfortable this space is. So hopefully, you never make this mistake again. I don't think you will, but still, it's. This is what happens in life, right? We, we make mistakes and then we have to answer for it. But I'll say this. When I turn on my TV and I see domestic abusers, I see drug dealers, I see meth addicted bank robbers, I see convicted rapists, people who have literally murdered people. They're on TV or they're being celebrated in pro wrestling. So I have to ask myself, you know, am I being a hypocrite by cherry picking who gets an opportunity and who doesn't? Am I being a hypocrite? Because one of the things that I I, the standard that I try to hold myself to and I'm not perfect, but the standard I try to hold myself to is be consistent. If, it, if it's not right for one person, then it's not right for all of us. It's really as simple as that. Um, I feel like a person needs to apologize for mistakes that they make, and they got to pay their debt, whatever that debt is. And I'm not the ultimate judge. I'm not God, but I have an opinion, and I have my own feelings on things. But what else are we supposed to do? When a person has made a mistake, if they apologize, if they've put some action behind it and shown that they truly understand the mistakes that they've made and they are sorry, you could see that. What else do you want from them? Am I being consistent by saying, Brian Kendrick, you do not deserve another opportunity in wrestling, when literally, you know, a convicted rapist is on primetime TV and being celebrated? Or, You know, I watch the biggest event of the year and I see a domestic abuser out there or I see it literally, like I said, a meth addicted bank robber on primetime TV like and this is all in pro wrestling. How do I tell Brian Kendrick, who said some pretty reprehensible things and he should be shunned for that? But how do I tell Brian Kendrick who's apologized and who's lost everything? How do I how do I say to Brian Kendrick? Hey, man. That's not enough. <laughs> we want to pound of flesh out of you as well. I mean, come on. It's silly. It's silly. I can't do that. I can't bring myself to that personally. And I'm not telling anybody else that they need to go my way. Think my way. No, think for yourselves. I'm providing the facts for you. But my audience, not you, you Johnny come Latelys, who are just in here for the dirt. And all you you fancy dirt sheet folks who are gonna take quotes from here and spin it the way that you wanna spin it. That's what you're good at. Um, because you're just here for the dirt, good for you. But for my real audience, you know, you guys have challenged me to give my opinion more in these more challenging conversations where we know the heat is gonna come, where we know people are gonna say, Duke, you're canceled. How dare you? You're not supposed to interview so and so because we haven't given permission. We're not done punishing this person. We're not done kicking this person. But son of a gun, you have the audacity to prop up convicted rapists and bank robbers and domestic abusers and drug addicts and drug dealers. In wrestling, give me a break. You are not the judge, the jury, and the executioner. I'm sorry. And neither am I. So here's the way that I see it. Brian Kendrick just came on this show and he apologized. Brian Kendrick has lost his job. He's lost his his ability to be gainfully employed. Uh, Brian Kendrick has been shunned publicly. <laughs> you know, this guy is in a position now where, for the rest of his life, he's going to have to live with the terrible things that he said because it's out there. For me, that's enough. That doesn't mean that I, I I appreciate what he said or I, I you know, no, it, it sucked. It was terrible. But this guy, I think, has suffered enough in that regard. and I feel like pro wrestling does have a place for a world-class trainer and a world-class performer in Brian Kendrick. That's my opinion. And it would be hypocritical of me to have an opinion any different from that when I see the type of people that are in pro wrestling. And that gets celebrated and that get propped up. So, in my opinion, yes, Brian Kendrick deserves another opportunity. What do we want from this guy? Do we want this guy to to not have legal means to put food on the table for himself and his family? Because here's what's, what's not going to happen. This guy's not going to curl up in a ball and just disappear. You know, what do you want from people? Do you want them to turn to a life of crime or something? Do you want to create that kind of problem? <laughs> So we gotta be honest about this here. How much is enough? You lose your job, you you, you get publicly shunned and and reminded of, of you know the awful thing that you said, this is what happens. I think that's enough. Especially when you come and you apologize in an open and honest way, and, and that's how I interpreted what you just said here, Brian. I think that's enough. And that doesn't mean that people have to forgive you, but that also, for me, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to make a living. So for me, if Brian Kendrick is on television, yes, I will watch. For me, if a wrestler says, hey, I, I need to learn how to wrestle and you know, I think I'm going to go get trained by Brian Kendrick. Duke, what do you say about that? I'm going to say that wrestler, that's a world-class trainer. Go ahead. And I hope that Brian Kendrick never makes the same mistake that Brian made before because, Brian, I'm going to tell you flat out, brother, another move like that, I'm going to be right back on the other side of this saying Brian Kendrick should be shunned <laughs> and, and reminded that what he did is unacceptable again, and especially if it happens a second time. Now we're just getting ridiculous, but I don't believe that's going to happen. So, you know, um, everybody has to think for themselves. But for me, I this guy deserves an opportunity to be gainfully employed in pro wrestling. That's my opinion. Brian, if there's anybody out there who is interested in doing business with you, what's the best way they can reach out and make that happen?
1: The best way would probably be on Twitter. My uh, my wife does run it, uh, but it's Mr. Brian Kendrick, or at Mr. Brian Kendrick. I think that's it. Yep.
0: Now, Brian. Before we wrap this up, I gotta ask, man. You 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 got something over there and I that I've never seen before that you've been drinking during this conversation, and I don't know what that is. What is it that you're drinking right
1: now? I was drinking sweat, uh, Pocari uh, uh, Sweat, P O C A R I S W E A T. Pocari Sweat. It's an ion supply drink. I don't know. It's it's a uh, something. That uh, my wife got hooked on back in Japan, but she was actually hooked on Aquarius. She grabbed the wrong one. So it's just like a Gatorade.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Brian Kendrick is drinking something called sweat, but don't worry. It's like a Gatorade. It has electrolytes and all this good stuff. At least that's what it says on the packaging there. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Brian Kendrick, this has been a wild ride, my man. And all I can say is I can't wait to hear what happens next. So to be continued.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. To be continued.
0: Incredible conversation there with Brian Kendrick. Duke Loves Rassin on Facebook, Twitter dukeclubswrestling at gmail.com. me know what you think. I mean, listen, I know that there's a lot of trolls out there, and you're going to do what you normally do. You know, Duke, you're canceled. You should have never done this interview, blah, blah, blah. Good for you. Good for you. I appreciate you folks out there who are going to either not listen or listen just to troll, and you're going to do that stuff. Make sure you go to my Twitter in particular and leave all of your comments you're gonna boost my analytics. I appreciate that. That's why I always thank all of you when you do that sort of thing. Thank you for your participation. That's what I say. And then I mute you, but I want you to continue to say stuff. I don't mind what you say. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't matter. I'm not here trying to um, please you in any way because you folks just are going to carry on the way that you do anyway. but for the for my audience and for the people who are actually interested in what Brian had to say, um, hey, there it is. You make your determination whether or not you will patronize this person because this guy is not going anywhere, and nor should he. Um, there are a lot of people in pro wrestling that are just some pretty – they've done some terrible things in life. There's, there are actual criminals that are on TV every week. So if they can be there, I'm pretty sure there's a space for Brian Kendrick, and I, I truly believe that. So, you know, and apologizing and taking the steps to – prove that you're sorry that's the way to go and that needs to continue it's not a <laughs> overnight thing and again a lot of people are not going to accept this guy and accept his apology and that's okay but the man deserves to be employed legally and anyone who's trying to stand in the way of that I would love to take a look at the people that they support to see if you know is this just a you're picking favorites here, or are you really convicted and this is the way that you roll? Because if that's not the case, then you're just a hypocrite. And I think that we need to get away from that. And, and listen, I know that some of you website folks are listening, and that's good for you. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. Um, let me just say this to all of you. We occupy a very important space. In people's lives. And I think sometimes we all forget that these are real human beings and these are real lives being affected here. You look at all this mental health struggles and things that people say, especially in pro wrestling. It's a a thing. It's real. It's not just an act. There's people really having a tough time out there. Make sure that you're not contributing to the problem, please. That's my challenge to everybody. Okay. You act like people... uh, need to be tarred and feathered for life. And that's okay if that's how you feel, if you don't want to support this person, but you don't need to turn the person into some kind of pariah, especially when you're out here kissing the backside of these domestic abusers and drug addicts and bank robbers. And, you know, these are convicted felons, literally. Um, I got a problem with that. I got a problem with that hypocrisy. And I'm going to call you out at every turn on that. Absolutely. I am. And as you know, because a lot of you have tried to, quote unquote, cancel me anyway for having the audacity to speak up in this way. I'm not concerned about you. I don't really care. You don't have any power. You don't have any authority. This made up fantasy land called the Internet that you think you can push your weight around. It doesn't work over here. So this is real life stuff, man. And we're talking about real life people. We go directly to the source, not rumors. That's the source there. You know, you guys don't have that interview. That's the source there, right? And the man apologized. And the man explained what he's done to atone for what he's done wrong. And he's going to continue to live with that shame. And his family has to see him this way and what have you. And hey, he earned that. I'm not saying that that shouldn't be that way. But the man... There's no reason for that person not to be able to have a space in pro wrestling. When you guys are out here doing your magazine articles and your interviews on your website and you think it's funny to talk about murder, death, kill, and you think it's funny to prop up the guy who slaps around his wife or ex-wife or what have you, or you think it's you think it's cool that the convicted rapist is on TV in prime time. Listen, I'm not throwing anybody else under the bus, and a lot of those folks pay their debt to society and thank God for it, and I'm glad that they're legally gainfully employed. This guy should be, too. And that's my stance on that. Everybody has to make up their own determination, make up your own mind, especially as consumers. But you website people in particular and you magazine owners in particular. Do not be a hypocrite. That's unacceptable. And I'm going to call you out by name on that. It's unacceptable. Forget about Brian Kendrick. That's one person. I'm talking the principle of it in general. Do not be a hypocrite. You prop up these other folks all the time. You think it's funny. You think it's cool to market that garbage out there. Some of these folks have done some pretty horrific things. And you think that's okay. Fine. Make sure you walk that way the whole way through. Don't tell me Brian Kendrick and and whoever else can't have a place in pro wrestling when you're out here propping up some of these other questionable folks who've done some pretty bad things in life. Be consistent. That's all I'm asking. Be consistent. Be consistent. And I'm not talking to the average fan. I'm talking to you folks who who wield influence with your little rumors, websites and your and your magazines and stuff like that. You, you walk around like your godfathers or something. And what you need to understand, these are real people, real lives. And I don't know what you want. It's like you want chaos in the streets or something. It's like these folks, it's almost like you want everybody to be a criminal <laughs> or something, unless, you you know, unless they're your friend. Unless they're the hot topic today and they're cool and they give you a little access to something. Right. Stop that. Be consistent and treat people the way you want to be treated. That's my take. That's how I feel. I'm challenging this system here because I see something's wrong and I see that there's a balance that's just out of whack here. There is no balance. It's one sided. And there's a lot of, you know, special interests going on here and it's not fair. And you got to be part of the in crowd in order to be safe and sound from some of this stuff. You know, there's somebody in in one of the major promotions who has there's a couple of somebodies, you know, they got statutory rape things on their their record. Are you kidding me? And these people are propped up on TV. Are you kidding me? And you tell me that a guy who said some pretty terrible things and who lost everything and who's been, you know, Gonna have to deal with that shame for life, but you tell me that person can't be employed no longer in wrestling, period, especially in and they've apologized. Like, come on, that's that's not we don't do that here. Stop it. Um, so that's my take. And you know, again, just make sure you direct all of your frustrations to Twitter on my page so I can get those analytics because you might as well go. You might, I'm gonna put you to work if you're going to just be a troll about it. I'll just put you to work. So please. Do me that favor, okay? Yes, I will mute you after I thank you for your contribution because I'm a gentleman. It's what I do, right? But be consistent. Got to turn on the TV and see murder, death, kill. Are you kidding me? People bleeding all over the place. You know these folks are addicted to drugs. You know these people are committing crimes and things like that. These folks got rap sheets and stuff, and that's okay that they have a legal means of putting food on the table to support their family. I am all for that. I'd rather them do that than be out there committing crimes. But again, somebody who said something they had no business saying and acting like a fool. Okay. The guy paid his debt. He's been shamed. I think we can stop with the the Roman Coliseum arena. I think the lion has bitten uh, Brian Kendrick enough now. <laughs> Now it's time for this person to get back to doing what they do best, which is training the next generation of superstars in pro wrestling and going out there in the ring as well and and putting on a great show. Thank you very much. That's what I want to see. And that's what I'm going to let the world know I want to see. So anybody who feels that way as well, you know, let your voice be heard. And anyone who disagrees, hey, let your voice be heard as well. But the trolls, (laughs) well, you know, just... Again, just put it on Twitter. Help help those analytics. Thank you. Okay, folks, as always, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Shivani. This is Tony Shivani, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.